<laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Back once again, everyone. It's Rich Hobbs here, and joining me on this snowy, cold Sunday evening, I've got Josh and Tom. Boys, how are we doing this evening? All good, all good. By yesterday's result. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say by it. What? Hang on, Tom, Josh, you've got to be pretty happy. You got your first fancast spotted, I believe, this weekend. What can I say? What can I say? It's just uh, begin know, the game. Bit, bit, bit strange, wasn't it? You know, I never expected that, but um, I guess this is what it feels like. I'll be uh, hiring a PA very soon. <laughs> All gonna... the inquiries will be directed to them just... for the foreseeable. <laughs> just pass, I was actually just quite pass. happy with the result, to be fair. Yes, they said to me before the game, I'll lose, like, lose by a goal, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I think, I think that's all you can sort of usually hope for against the likes of... Um... You know, against the likes of Arsenal and some few other big guys, is you know, j- just just give them a game or keep keep it within an arm's length. So I think I'd seen a lot of people like you know two nil. I'd, I'd yeah. be happy with that. This is going to be a sort of, paddling. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, when we were two nil down within about, 50, yeah, it wasn't fun how quickly we conceded those two goals. But um, let's get right into it, boys, because I mean, we 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 did the Fulham show, Tom, and we knew yeah. there were going to be changes. Um, yeah just because of suspensions and things like that. But I guess it was probably the team we expected um, overall with uh, Doyle Traore coming in. Yeah, I mean, I remember saying after the Fulham game, saying that, you know, we're going to be expecting a lot of changes in the midfield and it'll be a pretty different game with, you know, with them two players out with Lamina and Gomez. And it's a lot of pressure on Doyle and Traore. But, I mean... For me, I thought Doyle was brilliant on Saturday. I thought there was a lot of times in the midfield where he had about two or three players around him and he was still able to distribute the ball. So I thought he was probably one of the top players for me, as well as Cunha from yesterday's game. Yeah, um, and and I guess, Josh, um, Dawson coming back in is probably the other most notable star. Yeah, of course. Uh, course It was a shame on Bueno. Um, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. it, of course, it was expected. Like Dawson's always going to come back in. See, I think like Breno, he had a decent game Monday night, but he was Dawson's always coming in. There's no doubt there. Just look at that bench, though, do you? You're looking like there are three subs there that are under 21. So realistically, they're not going to come on. You've got two strikers, a winger, full back, centre half, and a goalkeeper. Just look at the depth there. There is nothing. Is that okay? And now we've got like. Gomez, Lamina out. You got uh, through suspension. Neto's out injured, but you just look at that. It's just depressing. Yes. Look at that. It is. Look, look at the quality of that bench. It's like where is the the game winner? There he's like Kalajic, and you know, he from what already didn't have a great appearance did he yesterday. So, but it's just depressing to look at that Premier League team. But it just kind of runs on what O'Neill said when he kind of first come in. We're eighty million pound short in players. In depth, I mean, I think he's totally spot on. And that's games like yesterday. Maybe you think, 
you're going to get onto it, but you think, oh, maybe change the game. What can he do, really, from that bench? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess for, for, for one omission um, off who wasn't on the bench, who has been kind of regular on there, was uh, Johnny, who... Um, for disciplinary reasons, it, um, as the Express and Star have broke, um, was admitted from the squad um, for a, I guess, quote-unquote training ground bust-up, which is, I was going to say, a bit out of character. But I think, didn't he have an issue with Large and or Lopetegui as well? He did. It was in that Johnny Phillips book. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not was it? Was it large? I'm pretty sure who we had the problem with. Yeah, pretty sure. But I mean, as as hard as it sounds, I can kind of understand why. I mean, I know as a professional, you know, you need uh, you're under contract with the club, but you can kind of see why he's probably complained. I mean, obviously, we don't know to the extent of what's happened on the training ground, but if he has been in O'Neill's ear saying, like, you know kind of get some minutes and he hasn't been getting them. I guess you could kind of see why, but I, I don't know. I think we'd need to see more into it to see as to why he was dropped. I mean, mm. obviously, they say it's the training ground. You don't know if that was a scuffle or, like, there's not too much context in there. So it could have been a meeting with the manager or it could have been a scuffle on the training ground which caused him to get off. But it, it's a bit of a shame, really, because he's, he's stayed professional, I'd say. The style that he's had with yeah. I mean, that, that, I, that's always kind of been the perception, but I think I, I, it, uh, part of me admired the fact that he stayed in the summer and he wanted to kind of see out his contract. Mm. And, and, I, and I get it because there's a level of loyalty there. And, but, you know, he's effectively our fourth choice left wing back behind eight Nori, Buenho, Doherty, and you could argue even Samedo, even. Maybe and then it's him. And then on the other side, he's going to be third, you know, minimum third as well. The chances of him getting that call up is 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 slim. But at the same time, it doesn't kind of help appease yourself if you kind of yeah, if stuff is happening behind the scenes. Um, it doesn't kind of paint you in the necessarily greatest optic for a club. We have stood by him. You know, let, let let's yeah. be real. You know, he's he's had two massacring injuries. You know, both 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 ACLs have gone, and you know the club gave him. I'm pretty sure the club gave him a new contract after the first one, yeah. um, as a sign of loyalty. And uh, it, you know, it's not going to make a big difference in the long run to his um, standing with Wolves fans. Let's be honest, but it's a bit of a shame when you can't see it happening um, with a player who is half regarded as a solid pro. Um, of course, it's it's always a shame, isn't it? But and also a question like where where is he getting the idea from? If O'Neill's promised him minutes, that's different. But you can very comparable, maybe to a lesser extent, with Sarabia last week going on mm. social media, and you can see he's just folding his actions for me. Where's Johnny, mate? You're pretty gash now, ain't you? you ain't played well for ages. Yeah. So it's like, at what point do you look and go, and like you know what you said, commendable maybe staying in the summer, but. Was it really, or was it no one would really come in for him? So it's it's easy to have to mm. go. I'm going to stay and fight for my place, and yeah. But did anyone really come in for you in the first place? Yeah, there's a lot of narratives. Isn't there? It depends on how you want to spin it. You say like, I'm a, I'm a fighting for my place. Am I, you know, 
no one coming in for me. I'm picking up a chair. You know, all, all of these lovely kind of cliches, isn't it? To be fair with him, but I don't know. Be interested. So it, it might be one of those where he's on the bench against Burnley again, and yeah. you know he, he's done his yeah. match. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I think as you kind of alluded to, Josh, you know, there's only ever eleven happy players in a team. <laughs> you know, the ones who are starting. And I said, exactly. if you if you're that low down. Um, he didn't you know. deserve him. It's like, what's he done? You, you know, when's he played well since, and what's he done to earn these minutes? Do you really want him starting ahead of Hugo Bueno, Aitnuri, Doherty? I, I think I'd still rather have Doherty. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, where does he fit in? He just doesn't for me. And it's easy to go, yeah, oh, I'll stay and fight for a place. But he really, did you really want, was really wanted here? You wasn't you was put on the transfer list, you swear us the requirements, and we probably only give you them Carabao Cup minutes because it's like, well, we ain't gonna run Smedo into the ground then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, let's get into the game because as sort of said, mentioned, I think most people have been okay in a way, or not not too upset if we'd have lost yesterday, and even if we lost 2 0. I think to concede two goals from inside the opening 13 minutes. Wasn't exactly a great start. And I think let, let, let's talk Sacco's goal because watching it live and then watching it back as well, I, I, I almost can't make up my mind in terms of like, is it a case that Arsenal are really good or we just really dropped off? Because like it, it, it's becoming really worrying for me how many goals we're conceding early on in games at the moment. I mean, <clears throat> from the first goal, Obviously, from the first view when it was live, I thought pretty bad defending. And I think I still agree with that now. Um, I think when you look at it, when Dawson's come into him and he's 1-1 and tried to cancel him out. And don't get me wrong, Saka's probably had a bit of luck with it dropping right in front of him. So he's got a bit of a tapping, really. But I feel like we could have cancelled it out, really. But there was a home... They're with confidence that just won 6 0. So, you know, it, it's one of them, really. It could have been cancelled, but I think it was a bit of individual brilliance as well at the same time with the first goal. It's that bounce, yeah. isn't it, every time against us? Yeah. I know you feel maybe I'm saying it as all time, but it's just always that bench seems to go against us. And I think yesterday you could maybe lend the slow start to like four players coming in. You know, obviously Dawson. Mm. Like, fair enough, he plays every game while suspension, so he's a bit speed. But Bueno's got to come in, defend against one of the best wingers in the league. You're playing like a totally new midfield pairing against like over 100 million pounds worth of qualities in one player, <coughs> let alone having Eldegaard and stuff playing off him as well. So it's a bit like, I guess it's going to take time, and Arsenal probably pinpointed that on that momentum wave and gone straight in for it and gone right, kill these early. And that's what they've done, isn't they, I think. Yeah, and if it, like it almost felt like parts of it they did really well. Like you know, they doubled up on Saka. You know, they did they did like everything right. They kind of boxed him off, got him facing away from the pitch, and just suddenly like a really cute flick around the corner. Um, you know, it goes to Jesus, who you know again really nice bit of turn. But it was almost like they just struggled with. They, it was like they switched off for a second. I think like Tommy Doyle at one point in the first goal didn't quite keep track of. Um, Tommy Asu, who made a kind of a cut inside. It's just like that, that's all it takes for a top team. 
and it's like I, I guess that's the difference of when we beat Man City a couple of weeks ago, we were on it and just we weren't giving up those hard those little bits and maybe it's the fact that Lamina and Gomez are that I, I guess that little bit more steely defensively and particularly Lamina's a lot more experienced than try uh, yeah you know, Ray Doyle and Gomez to be honest to making sure that we are we just have that block a bit better and you know again, same with Dawson like yeah we he didn't get the bounce but he probably arguably could have done that he'll be disappointed he couldn't have done more as well and he can't go well it's lots of little things but I don't think they happen against a really good t- against well an average yeah. team like you know I think... only getting that bent are there and stuff like that and them little yeah things. just frustrating isn't it like you know you think keep it quiet first 10 and then that kind of happens mm. but you know they're, they've got some unbelievable players in that team like say when you're comparing Wolves playing with an 80 million pound deficit in players and Arsenal's like 500 million pound super team I guess these things you know you're going to get that bounce sometimes isn't you and mm. more than we're going to get it yeah and you know but I fortune favours brave a lot of times when it comes to things like that for me and like if you're on the front foot in games, you'll get those chances, you'll get those bounces that go your way um, because you keep doing it over and over again. And, you know, Arsenal started with that real aggression, which it almost reminded me of the season we got promoted under Nuno in terms of just like that sheer relentlessness to start a football match. Just, you know, don't get me wrong, Arsenal's a, a, a very much a title contender this season. Um, and uh, sort of it feels like they're slightly more efficient than last season even still but to kind of come out of the box like that and just not give us a minute and you're right to then see us concede after 30, a second one in 13 minutes which again it just felt similar to me in terms of like it was great great movement by Arsenal great passing one touch um, third man runner cut back to a, 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 to, to Odegaard but again, like it's just like little bits where I think Troy already dropped off. Like he had the runner, they played a one two, and he didn't keep track. And mm. hell, if if he did turn, and he might have caught up to him a bit, but it was such a, it was done at such pace. I kind of sympathise with him a bit. Yeah, I can understand that. It's just. It's hard in again that second goal. It's like electric football. I think it's one of them. If we score it, we're like man, that's goal of the season. That is yeah. one touch football. Like <laughs> gas ball. What's going on here? You know, look at this. But then when we concede it, it's like you pick those little faults, don't you? And it's just, I think it's just like it's the speed, and I think that's the difference going up the levels. Like it's just the speed in which they can turn a situation. Like Zinchenko's out wide in seats, and it's that ball into. You know, look, we get that then. I know he probably takes three touches, the cutback's not on, and then he probably goes back where it comes from, sort of thing. And whereas the goal with Arsenal, it's like bam, one touch, Linchenko, bam, into Odegaard, shoot first time, that's in. And it's them little things, isn't it? It's that speed at, at the higher levels and things like that. You know, they're a Champions League team. They, and they've been in the, in the process for four or five years, as we like to listen on Twitter all the time. So, they should be scoring those excellent well worked goals by now. Yeah, I think I think with a second goal, I think it just shows the quality of what 
Arsenal are at the minute and the form that they're on, especially at home. I mean, at first, obviously, I thought, you know, that was really well worked. But then looking into it, I thought, could have Kilman got there. But then at the same time, we had so many players of our own in the box. They didn't have as many as us. But because the ball moved faster than our players, the ball's in the back of your net. And that's just how, you know, football works at the at these clubs. That, you know, they just know how to work it like that, in a sense. Um, and like you say, Josh, with if that was us, I agree. I feel like I know he probably <laughs> would have took three touches and it would have gone back and sideways and then tried again. But I'd say we're in a process of, you know, I'm sure the Wolves, our players would look at that and think, you know, I'd love us to go and score a goal like that. So 100%. I think there's some things you can defend and some things you've just got to put your hands up and just say, you know, it's a brilliant, well-worked goal. And I think it would have been hard to stop it, really, from how fast the ball was moved. Yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of sympathy with balls on, on that goal. I'm usually kind of quite picky on it. I think the only player, and again, a lot of sympathy um, was in the goal was Jose Sarr picking up an injury and, like, you know, very clearly didn't get down anywhere near it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of broke after the game. He suffered from back spasms. Um, of all things, and got subbed off, um, I think, about 10 minutes after the goal in the 24th minute. Uh, again, bit bit of a shame uh, for Jose Sarr, because I think he's, he's had his ups and downs this season. Um, but ho- he should hopefully be there saying that he should be back for Tuesday's game, which feels a bit odd for me. If you suffered from like something like back spasms, you go, yeah, you'll be fine three days later. Um <laughs> But I, th- I thought um, Bentley did well when he came in. I was good. I, the reason why I called him Bentley just rather than Dan Bentley is because in my head I was thinking of David Bentley. Um, <laughs> I was like, don't say David, don't say David. But yeah, Dan Bentley. Um, again, right, managed to keep a clean sheet against um, you know in, in his hour plus of the game, and you know Arsenal didn't, to be honest, really really give Wolves much much of a chance in that first half. I think we only actually had a um, I think we only had really one shot target. Um, in the first half, anyway, and that was Wang's kind of breakthrough on goal, anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it was a t- it was a tough old half for Wolves. Um, but I was going to say uh, uh, that Bentley and Saar. Yes, back to my point. Um, yeah, do you, how, how do you feel, Benton did? Um, I thought he'd done pretty well. To be fair, I mean, coming into it, I guess he's always got to be ready as the number two to come into any game. But I think Saar, to be fair to him, I thought he's still done well to make the save on the Trossard attempt coming out of his goal, you know, with the back injury to still get loud to save it. I thought he'd done pretty well on terms of that. Um, With Bentley coming in, I mean, the way Arsenal started the game and with Bentley coming in as well, I thought the score would have been a lot higher. I'm not going to lie with Bentley coming in as well. Um, but he proved me wrong. I thought he'd done pretty well. I thought like his distribution was good. There was a couple of chances which Arsenal had since he come on. I thought he dealt with pretty well. So I think overall, from the minutes he had in the game, I, well, it was pretty good from him. I thought he put on a good performance for himself, yeah. I've got to be honest, I haven't seen too much of the game. Um so, 
it's just with when Bentley come on, it's I, I'm not his biggest fan. You know, I think a lot of people when he come in were expecting a bit like a Jason Steele type thing at Brighton, where he somehow transforms himself from like a League One quality keeper to good enough to play in the Premier League and be shot stopping with the best. But I didn't. I, I'm not too sure, you know, he, like I say, if, if you had a good game or what, I'm going to take your word on it, Tommy's distribution. I think he has slightly better kicking than Saar. I just would worry that if he's the permanent, like if Saar was injured for a little bit, I'd be thinking, Jesus Christ, I'd rather have me in net because I just do not rate Bentley at all. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he strikes me at the moment very much a, a backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, like it, you don't trust him, dear, to come in. You wouldn't trust him to do a dependable job that Ipswich game proved it for me it's like you know you can kick the ball out as long and as far as you want you need that distribution fair enough but I also want my keeper to make saves and he, he you know I remember Ipswich was after the game it was like all three you could have questioned you could have saved them yeah and sort of like shaving sops is sort of you know your your baseline minimum um as a goalkeeper so <laughs> You know, I think I think fact that yeah, he put in a solid display, and uh, as well for YouTube uh, comments, a big shout out to everyone who's watching online. Of course, um, I didn't notice Bentley, so that's his yeah. best performance yet, <laughs> which is a you know pretty, pretty solid way of putting it. And yeah, it it struck me as I don't know get, getting through to halftime. I think at two nil helped Wolves. Kind of think the objective, it, yeah, yeah. I think it it, it helped us just see that game through and I think if we'd have conceded a third before half time I think it might have gone into sort of party mode if we weren't careful and it's really harsh on Jose Saab because I don't think he was at fault for either goal and you're right he, he came out really bravely against Trossard to keep the score down just before coming off but I think Bentley coming on made everyone reset that a little bit and made sure we got to the set through to the second half and I don't know we did spark into life a little bit for me. Um, we did we did uh, start to create a few more chances second half, um, which, which was positive. And it, it took us, a, well, right towards the end of the game uh, to kind of make a proper break through Matthias Kuna, who quietly is putting a bit of form together. Um, mm. You know, he, he obviously scored ahead against Fulham. He scored yesterday. Um, which we'll talk about going in a second. He got the assist for Sarabia um, against Spurs. I mean, he's the biggest criticism is that uh, of him is a lot of time he doesn't really contribute many goals, um, and his assist isn't necessarily that high. But he's quietly becoming a player who's producing a lot of output for Wolves. He yeah. isn't. It's big difference. Um... He's playing and he's putting output that you'd expect from a fifty million pound player. Yeah, <laughs> interior. The only issue I've got, he always seems to bloody score when we lose. Apart from Bournemouth, I mm. think every game he scored for us, we lose. And I'm so fucking kiss of death. He scores, but we always lose. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no output, we win. Like, output, getting, we lose. <laughs> it's like getting, like getting a consolation goal. Yeah. It's like, but it's effectively meaningless. <laughs> He's really yeah, stuck think... in that net absence, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think with his recent performances, I remember saying on a podcast before on here, um, he can do everything but shoot. And I think a mm. lot of fans would agree with that. He was doing everything, like his dribbling was good, his passing was good. But if it was him when he 1v1, 
you wouldn't back him really. And I think, you know, just the last two games, just scoring that header, which, don't get me wrong, he should have scored. He was a free header back post. You should be scoring that. But from his goal yesterday, to take it top corner, you know, it's going to do him a world of good. Scoring two and two. Yes, the results haven't been the best, but, you know, it's a positive to take from the game. I mean, hopefully, you know, Tuesday night, if he gets a chance, if he's got a yard of space, I'm sure he's going to knock a shot off. Even if he just hits the target, it's these little things that are going to increase his confidence over time. And I mean, like I say, if he can continue what he's doing, I'm pretty sure he's still first in terms of dribbling in the league. Yeah, um, yeah, I know he, must he was. Be, must be up. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he was first. I think it was a week ago, um, or he was. He was well up there anyway in terms of his dribbling. So if he can keep doing what he's doing, mm. and you know, getting assists or getting goals for us, I mean. Hopefully, long might continue, and hopefully, you can do when we win. It does make you excited to think. Obviously, Ben Percy that article a couple of months back about the idea that we want to sign a number nine and let Cooney kind of play a free role across the front line. It makes you a bit excited, doesn't it? Really, to think mm-hmm. the quality like sign a number nine, Huang Cooney, and Neto. Like it's such a f- fun idea, and you think we're scoring goals now, and we're a bit more. Not defensive, but you know, we got like three centre halves on the pitch and we did play like a hybrid four or five at the back. And you know, he's like kind of up yesterday, like he's up top in a two, basically running around like that's all his job is in. He's just pressing, hoping for a scraps, and he scored off one of them scraps yesterday. And you're like, it makes you excited to think, oh, if we do ever become this front footed possession based style team that you kind of saw in the earlier weeks of O'Neill before you had to like rein it back in. Maybe you know what? How good could he be for us? He could be that fifty million pound player that you're really excited to see. I mean, he's already on four goals for the season um, in the league, and we're you know not even halfway through the year. So theoretically, he's on to get you know ten plus goals, which it, it sounds low. To <laughs> say it out loud, <laughs> but when you compare it to like last season. And he arguably said, well, we didn't have goal scorers. And, you know, it, it's a real shame we've been without net over the last month or so now. But between those two, we could have had, and Wang as well, like potentially three players who could have got into double figures. And that would have been such a big boost, having, you know, effectively 30 goals um, from your forward line. Would have been would have been massive, and we probably won't get there now through form and fitness as much as anything else. But um, Tom, Tom, I think you're right in what you said um, that he stepped up since Neto's been out. And okay, it's only been a couple of games with international breaks and stuff like that. But you know, he he pulled it out of the bag against um, Spurs with the assist, and obviously, yeah, we've lost the last two. He's getting on the score sheet and he's still doing those extra bits and pieces. And yeah, we bet. I, I don't think Quang did particularly well yesterday. If I'm, if I'm going to be honest, it wasn't his greatest show, but I don't think it was really a game suited for Quang, to be honest. Um, and with Bellegarde as well, with a bit more of a dribbling. Um, but I know it was, it, it was weird for the second half for me because I think Arsenal started to get a little bit more sloppy and Wolves were growing into it a lot more. Um, but when we got that 
when we got the, I was going to say that the the first goal makes it sound like there's more than one. <laughs> it, it, it felt like we had a point where he could have gone for broke and he brought on Sasha with like two minutes to go, but he took off Tommy Doyle. And I, I get he wants to keep structure at the back and stuff like that, but why not just take off a centre-half, keep Tommy Doyle on? You know, a player who is renowned for his set-piece ability, for having a cool head in in hot situations. And just, uh, he, he did it against Fulham as well, didn't he? I'm sure he, he didn't want to swip, uh, switch up the shape. And again, uh, I'm not blaming Gary O'Neill for losing against a, by one goal to the top of the league. But it's just like little things like that, which is a bit of a question mark in terms of just, just go for it. Because I don't know, I'd have been okay if we lost 3 1 if the last goal was in the 95th minute on the counter attack because we've gone, fuck it, let's let's see let's see if we can get an equaliser here. Yeah, um I think it's one of them. I think it I think it's down to his experience as well as a manager. I think obviously with him and not only just him, I think his coaching staff, they obviously must have seen something as, I don't know, it could have been Dawson putting a long ball in onto Sassar or something. They might have thought he had a better chance of doing it than Tommy Doyle. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. I think Tommy Doyle is one of these players who I'm a very, very big fan of. Um, and I think this 4.3 million buyer clause we've got of him, mm. I think is an absolute steal. Um, so, you know, I think it, it could be a bit harsh on Tommy Doyle, but I think it, then, there must be things in training that he's, you know, O'Neill's seeing to bring him off at that time or, you know, or it could just be down to his experience as a manager. But, you know, he's gone for the risk. It, you know, it hasn't really paid off in the result, but maybe that's something to look at. I think it's hard to say, isn't it? Like, because you could easily argue, like, Look at some of the games we've won this season. So we beat Bournemouth late on. That was mm. keeping that sort of structure. We beat Spurs late on. Again, he didn't change. He didn't hook like centre-halves off or nothing. So it's just hard to, you know, I think some managers, it feels a bit comparable. Like I don't want to say the, the like comparable to Nuno almost, where he would, there was one thing that was certain about that game and it was, we was going to end up without his end off with, like three centrals on that pitch, wouldn't we? You know, we was always even the amount of times you could sat under you know, why not just take a central off? Some managers, I think, just like to have that shape and things like that. It's just the way it is, you know, and it'll be it'll work in our favour some games, it work against us in other games. I think that's just football. You know, I've got a I respect O'Neill for having for changing it round in the first place and giving room mm. for like five at the back. You could have easily tried to stick with principles giving Four at the back every, you know, you know, like this playing three centrals, you know, like he could have easily kept his principles, played four, got paddled every game, and sort of thing, and he's kind of changed principles as well. So I'm, I'm not too frustrated at that. I was just yeah. happy to lose by one and not get shafted by VAR. That was the big thing. I was going to say that was not. It's, it's been so nice half an hour into a show for once, and I've not had to talk yeah. about like any level of officiating and go, yeah, but it wasn't actually clear and obvious and all of that fucking bollocks it, it has been borderline refreshing and you know de definitely not slightly satisfying to see fulham a bit upset by it today not gonna lie. Oh, again another <laughs> like 
I'm fed up to these little tin pot teams just like <laughs> giving it the big and on Twitter because like Fulham fans there's this one like Pratt on there he's like oh Neil's just park of what dress is different and I'm like mate you're right little plebby you're like <laughs> oh, it just does your head in just and, like you got Bournemouth like chatting was on there and stuff and you're just like man you're a little tin pot team and stuff like that so it's nice to see if like, Fulham get a bit back I'll be honest it's nice, isn't it? It's nice. Um, well, it's, uh, refreshing. it's refreshing, definitely. Apart from that radical ref nonce who's like giving it loud, saying that hey, Gabriel Azus one should have been a penalty. I think he's just like a wind up merchant, but he's like proper getting on my nerves at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you've not got blo- blocked by the ref support charity yet, Dale Johnson. Now, last week, I claimed Dale Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Just get just working your way through for working your way through. I love it. Um, something that I was pondering this morning, um, uh, well, uh, ungodly hour, if I'm going to be um, truthful with you boys, is what the narrative at the moment with Wolves is because right, we've had two defeats in a row, and okay, one one's slightly controversial with some decisions didn't quite go our way, the other one top of the league, but it, it kind of got me thinking in terms of how you kind of match it up at the moment, so at the moment, we're first, over the past six games we're 13th from the league uh, form-wise, so pretty much on par with where we are currently, uh, which is good but we've also only, you know, we've lost two in a row we've only won one in five but we've also only had three defeats in in nine, so I don't know. I just kind of want to kind of gauge where you guys are at with Wolves. Now we're in December, um, well into the season. And, you know, particularly at this point, I know we had a lot of fun and games about the gone on um, um, a month or so ago. And I'm not saying we need to wheel that out or anything for a little while, thankfully. But it, I don't know. It feels like the mood's quite positive at Molyneux, is all I'm saying. And we're not looking at it through a glass half empty perspective of, yeah, only, only you know, one one winning five. We're getting a few draws here and there. Um, yeah, how how are you looking at it at the moment? I think it's a great question. That is like it is, it'd be a great one to come and engage it on Twitter. To be fair, I think Dean's got it quite right in the comments saying about like five o'clock Saturday. But I think if you take it from like that of like I guess you could say. 13th in form. I think that's where that's what we are. We're a team who's like 13th in the league. So we're about mm. average. We're three defeats in nine. I think it, it's really hard to gauge because it's fine margins. We've had, you know, the Spurs game, the elation, 1-0 dead on 90. And we win 2-1. We've had a shaft in at Sheffield for a point, but everyone seems to beat them. So it's like, of course, we're the only ones who didn't beat them. You've got Fulham Monday night again, you could easily come away with a point there. I think you just and you look as well, a very glass half full for uh, half full for the season so far because you look at the teams we've had at home, we should have, you know, I remember before the season started, it was like, man, we ain't going to win our own game by December. We've had all this money yeah. put on our season ticket. We ain't going <laughs> to win by December and yet we've beat Spurs, we've beat City, we've had draws against, a draw against Newcastle and you're like, I think we're in a good spot. I think, like you say, next two are pretty defining. You know, if we lose next two or whatever, you're looking well. Maybe the the mood does change, but 
I think we're in, a, we're in a good spot. I'm happy with where we are. It's kind of been my wildest dreams considering before, well, just after it switched, I come on here and was like, man, get this guy gone, he's a chump. You know, so <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to eat the humble pie and go, you know what, even if he loses a couple, I'm happy to like give him a bit of time. Yeah, yeah, go on, Tom. Um, yeah, I think I think O'Neill's done a big job in winning over the fans. He's definitely won me over. I agree with Josh. After the Ipswich game, I thought, what is this bloke doing? I thought, how has he got this job? But he definitely won a lot of people over. I think in terms of the team, I think a massive thing for me is that we're scoring goals. I think like we've got much more players in the box. For example... The Newcastle at home game, there's a photo that I've seen on Twitter, or X as you want to call it, where there's a photo where Huang is cutting in and you've got Huang, Cunha, Aitnori, and I think Lamina all in the box just before Huang takes his shot. Now, we've been screaming for players in the box for the past how many seasons because it's always seemed to be that solo striker or there's not enough players in the box. So I think a refreshing thing is even if we do go one down or it's not really going our way, I think the back of our minds, we kind of think we're going to get something or we're going to get half somewhere. Yeah. You know, we're going to get somewhere with it. So I think that's a really big thing in terms of us at the minute. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say because we're scoring goals, we're going to go and get Europe. But... I'm pretty happy where we are right now and I feel like we're building them blocks. Because, of course, you know, I'm sure the owners and I'm sure us as fans want us to see us back in Europe again. I'd snap my hand off for it. But realistically, right now, we're we're building blocks again and it's just them things, scoring goals, getting clean sheets, you know, trying to avoid these bookings, which is getting us players suspended and things like that. You know, we're building blocks. So it's a good process. Yeah, I feel I, like I, we're in that spot of uh, me personally back enjoying Wolves again. Like, yeah, last season under new now. Okay, Lodge's first season, it, it had its moments, but like, it, it wasn't. It was keep it tight at the back. We mm. didn't score many goals, did we? You know, last season was like you was on you was on the edge of your seat every week, thinking like looking at the like table game. Fig me and going down this week, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So we I mean it's it's nice to just enjoy wolves and not be looking over your shoulder as much and things like that. It's just nice, refreshing, like Tom said, scoring goals. It, it's it's just nice to be to be back sort of thing. And I enjoy watching us play. You know, I really do enjoy watching us. It was like under off taggy. It was, you know, it was fair enough. It was he did a job and whatever and. But it was like it was boring. It was about getting the results. It's just nice to watch us play some football, scoring some goals, and just going at teams. It's like watching the team that we fell in love with three, four years ago in our first season in the Premier League. And it was we'd, we'd fancy ourselves against anyone. You know, we'd take the game to everyone in the league, and it feels like we're doing that again. And that, that's all I could ask for, really. Yeah, we had a great comment um, on YouTube just saying, "Oh." Going one nil down is no longer a death sentence, and yeah, it, 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 you you you're right, Josh, and so did you comment. Like I'm looking forward to watching Wolves again. It's like even if we can see, it's like actually, you know what? Yeah, you know, fine, don't worry, because you can't back them to get something late on, or you know, even against Arsenal, like Arsenal 
kept making like daft mistakes. And it almost felt like I don't know, maybe if we had a Neto or we had a bit bit more quality off the bench just to kind of ask a few more questions, we could have made it a really interesting last 10, 20 minutes for them. Um instead of giving them a little bit of a scare. But yeah, I don't know, like it, it feels like he's done enough to Yes, stem the tide because oh, I no joke about the you know O'Neill out stuff eight weeks ago, but actually genuinely we were really poor, and fortunately he has fixed it, he has switched it round, and he has kind of come up with a solution to the problem. Ironically, it's the same solution that the previous three badges came to in terms of playing a back three, um, but actually you know what, it's got us points, and we're playing a good brand of football, and. Ultimately, that's all you can ask for. And you know, I've, I've, I always find form and stuff like that. Oh well, we just need consistency. It's like, yeah, but if we, if you're a consistent football side, you finish sixth and seventh. Yeah, yeah. it is. It, it doesn't work like that. Like the only way to be consistent with win, like consistency is like winning a load of games, isn't it? And drawing a load of games. But if you win and draw every game, you're pushing for top four. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, it kind of doesn't quite work like that for the majority of teams that everyone is some varying degree of inconsistent if that makes sense and you know if you can pick up those couple of those wins and kind of string those few results on the bounce together that it means that yeah you know what you've lost two games in a row but actually if you then win your next two games you get six points from four and if you're going in a mindset of constantly getting six points from four games, that puts you, you know, well clear of relegation, pushing the table. And it, you know, but it doesn't look consistent, does it? Because you're, you know, you're losing every other game effectively. I think it's really hard. Like, it's uh, it's very easy to change. Like, you know what football's like. It can change like the wind and lose the next two. And you know what? Everyone will be like, it'll be like, panic stations, press that big red button again and things like that. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of stuff like that as well. The only thing I would say, you need we need four as fans, whatever happens, because we've got to hold our nerve even if we do, because you got to look and go, we started the season with a manager coming four days before the season started. We've got less, you know, we've sold all our best players in like quotation marks because some of them were pretty gash in the end. Um, and you just look and go, we didn't replace them. We've come in, like I say, and it's coming four days before the season starts. We've building again as a club, effectively. We've got to build from zero. It just takes, and we've been shafted by VAR. I know it's his say, but we have. We've had that Everton 10-point deduction, just mm. added over a couple of games instead, didn't we? And I think that's the big difference for me. Yeah. I say, um, before we talk about the Burnley game, um, one bit of news, I guess. I don't know. You can class getting another game, a bit of news, but the uh, third round of the FA Cup uh, draw was done today. Wolves have got Brentford away, um, which considering we're playing them um, um, just after Christmas as well, and we're playing them at the start of February, if we end up getting a draw against them, which is probably the most likely result, we'll play them four times in, I believe, it's six weeks. It's this year's Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah. That's a downgrade, <laughs> isn't it? This year's Liverpool. Yeah. Um, overall, 
I wasn't too happy with a draw. I think it, it's it's an okay opposition. I think out of the cup, I don't know, you could have had a better away day probably or a better test maybe. I think it's more annoying because we play them in the league as well. And especially with how close we play them in the league makes it even more annoying. Mm. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um but yeah, I mean, looking at the draw, I think really one of the only tasty ones that I saw was Newcastle against Sunderland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would, part of me would have quite liked to have had um, Maidstone United, um, managed by George Alakobi. That 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 would have been quite a fun, and it would have been an interesting away day. Yeah, um, yeah. But alas, uh, we can't have everything. Um, one thing I am kind of glad about Tuesday and going into it is. I know that they'll be up for it, but I'm so glad we're playing Burnley after a win. Yeah. They let everyone off the back, isn't they? Yeah, they exactly. The script, the script so, was writing it's itself so, out. It's, it would have been so fucking Wolves, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds pretty bad, but I probably still won't count them out because they're going to come in the right. game with confidence. Um, I, I mean... Don't get me wrong. I think overall, I think it's just a Wolves thing. We've always struggled against teams below us, especially in the lower half of the table. Um, scoring five goals is going to be a massive boost for them, 100%. But I think we've got to look at it. They're coming to our place. You know, hopefully Molyneux going to have a bit of an atmosphere behind it. I'm sure if we get some good players going, the crowd will boost up. So you've got to hope we can also boost the team as well. Coming off two defeats, it's going to be pretty tough because I think Burnley will have a go. But overall, I think we've got better quality than Burnley and I think we've got enough to beat them. I'm not going to go and sit here and say we're going to, going to, going to go and win 4-0. I think it'll be a 1-0, 2-0 game. Um, but as long as you can get these three points off them, it'll be massive for us as well. Just to get back on winning ways, really. It'd be right. nice to see us like wrestle a bit of control and start the game, not go one nil down inside the first like five minutes after change the game. It'd be nice to see us like wrestle a bit of control and maybe start on the front foot and maybe score the first goal for once, you know. I wish we could score his inside 15 seconds, bleeding out. <laughs> it's not even the first time he's done it in the Premier League oh, no, as that's well. Nuts, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, that's wild. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be an inter- I think it's gonna be an interesting game. I think for all the stuff around Burnley and their league position and lack of points, but I think they've tried to keep up their brand and identity from last season, which hasn't massively paid out. But I think it sort of means they might have kind of grown into it and kind of consistently kind of improved to get there, maybe. Um, unlike kind of Sheffield United, who I know have been hamstrung by injuries, but they are just dog shite, um, <laughs> if, we're, if we've been brutally honest. Um, which is even more building because they beat us. Um, but no, I think I think it'll be a good game. I think I think it will actually be like, a, like almost like Fulham, but actually it's going to be two sides who play who are trying to play good football. Um, trying to get a point, uh, trying to get the points, and I think Wolves should have enough. And I think the fact that we're back at back at home after two away games um, 
where we deserved more than what we got. I don't quite know how much we deserved out of two games. Maybe we could have just about scraped a point out of those two, which grand scheme of things for the point probably doesn't make a difference, apart from going into my old narrative <laughs> thought process. But yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's uh, the prime um, batch of fixtures um, this week. So they've got these games, they've got the ones out, um, later this month. Um, around the I was going to say the Boxing Day, but we're not playing Boxing Day, so the Twixmas period, as it were. Um, so you've got Wolves versus Burnley and Luton versus Arsenal on the Tuesday. Then you've got Brighton, Brentford, Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, Forest. Um, and then Sheffield United versus Liverpool, Villa, Man City, uh, Man United versus Chelsea on the Wednesday. And then Thursday, you've got Everton, Newcastle and Spurs and West Ham. So there's a couple of half decent games on, you know, and none of them clash with the walls, which is always, always joyful for me. Um, <laughs> to be honest, when it, comes, when it comes to them, but I guess ones that uh, we'll probably have half an eye on. Um, I was gonna say, apart from our own, um, Fulham versus Forest, I think it's going to be a quietly interesting one because both yeah. of them are kind of quietly sliding, aren't they? Has anyone else seen the script like me? I messaged him out earlier. Forest lose to Fulham, Fulham sack keeper, Lopetegui's first game as Forest manager, the Molyneux on Saturday. I have never seen a script that's more written than that. That would be fun. See, that uh, would be fun. Booze for the 90 from me. Booze for the 90. <laughs> um, see, I thought, to be fair, I don't really like talking on past managers that much. But in terms of Lapetegui, I thought he was going to go to Saudi. I thought he was going to go to um, yeah. the team that I just sat near now. I yeah. thought he was going to go there, but he's obviously adamant he wants a Premier League job. Um, I've seen Cooper quoted that they'd have to drag him out of um, Nottingham for him to lose his job, um, which was pretty rich because I feel like if results don't go your way, I was going to say it's a bold it, statement it, to the Nottingham Forest fans. That is, yeah, yeah, it's a well, very bold statement. <laughs> yeah, um, so you know, I th- I think I've said personally to like some of my mates, I think Lopetegui will get the next Man United job. I think yeah, I've I've seen that quietly hinted places, and I'm yeah, I, don't, I, I could I'm, see. I don't know. I, I just don't see like if he say Forest do lose and the sack keeper, Forest have got money. They will back him. He's gonna take the. Do you think he's gonna take the given in the Forest job or the hypothetical in the United job? <laughs> you know, is he gonna gamble and wait for that? Because Forest will just like. Get to the next one while they they like, like fat Frank I don't know or something like that and mm. put him. In oh, that's written. That's written in the stars, right? Is isn't it? Okay, no, that no. that's like a proper you could see happening. That owes someone else. So does he like really gamble and wait and Balagay will do his like propaganda not tourist and propaganda for Lopetegui or do the wait gamble for United? I don't know who else would hire him. Um. I, I personally think he'll go to United, Lapatagi. I think um, I think when he was at Wolves, don't get me wrong, he kept us up, so I've got somewhat respect for him. But when you look at, like, for example, the start of this season with O'Neill coming in and how late Lapatagi left the club, um, it's kind of like we had our backs against the wall from the get go. 
And I've always said, I feel like that suits us as a club. As when Lopetegui came in, he obviously didn't think this squad was good enough for his football or his standards. So I feel like if, if he does wait this out um, and he gets like a Man United job, I feel like that's what he'll want being, you know, with Real Madrid, Spain, you know, all these big jobs. I think it'll be one that I think it'll be one that he's waiting for. Or one or pretty much any out of the top six, to be honest. I just don't know. I'd, I mean, should, I just don't know what, what he's kind of planning. I don't like harp on about him because, you know, with pastures new and things like that. But I just, I don't know how many teams are going to look at the job he did and go like, you know, fair, what a job he did. You know, he, he did a good job, but then it kind of fell apart at, towards the end, didn't it, really? And it, no matter how much class and decorum he's got, as he likes to try and tell us and we shafted him and whatever Balagay likes to spread on Twitter. Like it's still a pretty like Arsenal move to leave four days before the season. Isn't it? Mm. And he could have done yeah. 10 games and gone now that I'll do it then, you know, Let's be, and my, my thing at the time is he has got a bit of a track history of that's what I mean. You know, so it's like, think of what he did to us back it uh, way back in 2016 or whatever it was. Look what he did Real Madrid and the Spain job. Yeah. He's there got that a, snake about him, and he's got that yeah. selfish side, which is why I can almost see him going to a forest because he might go. Actually, you know what? They will put up with that potential for it to go wrong a bit but, more than at Man United because, like, yeah, Man, that is like, true. Man, Man United cannot afford for someone to throw their toys out of the pram to mess them around. The kind of yeah, it's. But he has, if you took his wall, if you took his stint and walls out of the equation, he has got a CV to potentially manage a Man United in terms of what he did with Seville and kind of having these sort of top end jobs. But I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. But I think I think that would be a good game anyway. Uh, Fulham versus Forest, not not from a. Um, Quality point of view, just I think you know both teams are kind of getting dragged, uh, dragged into it, um, and uh, even um, Spurs West Ham on the first, I think I think it'll be a, a good game. It seems like it was a, a nice, same nice batch of fixtures going on. Villa Villa City will be a good game. Yeah, mm, yeah, that'll be that'll be. Rodri as well did I read? Potentially, you know, with it, it's one of them. Like I ain't bothered about him at the minute. Like. Yeah, we, we, they're like we're not in the same. We're not competing with each other, so it don't bother me that much, really. I don't, I don't like him, but fair play to Henry. What a job he's, he's it's, doing! It's an just, absolute, it, he's he's just, doing like a new no level job that not like, Nuno did first. In he like he's transformed that club like overnight, basically. And yeah. I've got to credit the job he's done. It's just annoying, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. What it is. Lopetegui like so could have done the same for us, but he wanted to chuck his toys Exactly, the yeah, but there were so many parallels and yeah. it didn't kind of quite pan out um, with them. Um, before we look at the league table, let's have your predictions for Tuesday night then. Josh, what are you thinking? I'm going nil-nil because it just screams of, you know, when we played them under large first season. Yeah. Like Tuesday night, first Tuesday night, it just, it, it just screams of a nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, how about you? I'm gonna go one nil Wolves and I'm gonna say Cunha 
to get his third goal on the trot. I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves because I'm a blind optimist. But I think I, I, you are. I think I think Kuna's going to score. Um, I think he's found the score. And I reckon, you know what? I reckon someone like more centre-half is going to score as well. That's my, my little bet. Um, it, the last couple of results, because it, it's so compact, but as I sort of mentioned, everyone's that level of inconsistent. And it's, it's also helped that in the last like couple of weeks, um, Everton have been deducted 10 points as well. But we're still, we're still in 13th. You know, we're, still, we're, we're, in good, we're where we should be form-wise, um, which, which is positive. I think the only downside from, from how I look at it is, yeah, arguably we should be 14th uh, with the Everton stuff. But that gap to kind of push up into 11th is getting that little bit wider. I've really pushed into mid-table. It is a two-game stretch now. That is true. Um, the, I'm not looking at that gap. I'm looking at that gap to the bottom three. That's all I'm looking at this season. He's like, I look now, what, three, you're like eight points clear. Took like a three-game yeah. buffer. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm looking at. That's just just stay up at all costs. That's all it is for me. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, we, we've still got, um, you know, a healthy amount of games, a health, what, 20 four games left to play, but it, it feels very much set that 12th to 16th at the moment, doesn't it? Is that little pack, you know, how many of those are going to kind of get dragged into a relegation zone? Um, you know, we talked about Fulham a bit of a maybe, Bournemouth are quietly putting a run together now to kind of stay out of it. Everton are appealing their banner course. Um yeah, it's shaping up quite nicely. I think. I think it should be quite an interesting season. Hopefully, we're bottom half. Yeah, I think. Um, I kind of hope it's interesting, just as long as we're not down there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. After last season, yeah. Yeah, like I'm. I'm pretty happy where we are now. Like I said earlier. Um, I've done enough relegation battles for a lifetime. <laughs> I think last I'm, season took years off me. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not expecting us to go and battle for Europe, but we've got enough quality to stay in this league, and I feel like we've earned our place in this league. So, you know, I think it'll be an interesting thing, especially with Everton having the point drop. Personally, I can't see them getting their points back. If they do get any back, I don't think they'll get all ten back. Um. So, I think, yeah, I think it'll be interesting, really, especially with how Everton have dropped there now. now. Bournemouth, especially, slowly coming up. Um, but again, that that's on form as well. They could go and get battered one week, and it all goes down the pan again. So it, you know, it's one of them. As long as we stay out of it, then carry on. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. I think. Um... Yeah, so long as we get a few good wins, we sort of said probably at the start of the season, you know what, if we finish 12th again, but actually we're playing some half-decent football and we can see some improvements, then I think I'll take that as a Wolves fan, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, be interesting to see how it plans out and especially how that table's going to look come, um, as you mentioned, 5pm on Saturday. Uh, We will be back, hopefully, to review the Burnley show. Uh, do a Burnley review show even and also preview the Forest game 
as well, which is why we've not really talked about Forest um, particularly. Um, make sure you keep it up to date with all things Wolves Fancast. Of course, we're at Wolves Fancast here, there, and everywhere. Um, and also, big thanks to everyone who's um, watched this live, who's watched it back on YouTube, and also listening in your ears at the moment um, on podcasts as well. Uh, until next time, though, it's goodbye from Josh. Just got a shout out my man yesterday if he's listening. Yes. Um, in his commute to Burton. Mate, thank you for coming in yesterday. <laughs> I'll sort you out when you come back in. <laughs> if you need tiles, you know where to go. You want tiles? You, you want football chat? Josh, you man. This is the, the man to go. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to mention their name, but I'll have to pay for that. <laughs> he, he knows who you are now, so he knows where to go even better. Um, it's goodbye from Tom. I can't do as good as a good boy as Josh has done, but <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in, as always. Smash it. Uh, it's goodbye for me, guys. I'll see you next time. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them. But when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. And with over a 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show.